Hi, this is Andrew Constant, writer of Future State Night Nightwing, and you're listening to the very awesome Spoiler Country. Get into it. Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. But... If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Join the cult of the Spoilerverse, and welcome back to Spoiler Country. I am Johnny Horsley, and today on the show, Jeff talks to Andrew Constant about Nightwing Future State. I gotta say, man, the future the future state from DC Comics looks pretty freaking cool. I've been seeing this lists for it, seeing some of the stuff dropped on Twitter, and uh, it's kind of got me excited. And this is kind of cool. We got got we get to talk to the writer behind the Nightwing series because Nightwing's a cool character. So, you know. I'll talk more at the end, but let's just jump into Andrew Constant in his own words. Hello, listeners of Spoiler Country. Today on the show, we had the fantastic Andrew Constant. How are you doing, sir? I am great. How are you, mate? I'm doing okay. I'm getting by the best I can. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not fun times over there or America. No, but like I said, it sounds like things are going pretty well in Australia. Yeah, look, we're doing better. Like we've had, I believe, 14 days now, except for one state, which had a bit of a flare up. We've had 14 days without like, a new COVID case being recorded. So, you know, all in all, it's pretty good. But you know, there's a long way to go yet. Well, you probably should be writing a comic book then, teaching the Americans how to not fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't teach anyone shit. I'm just happy to write comics. <laughs> <laughs> so where did your love of comic books come from? Well, look, you and I were just talking about the fact that we both have a slight speech impediment. When I was younger, my mum would do anything she could to encourage me to read because that was part of therapy, reading a lot and reading aloud. And she would notice that I would pause in the news agency because comics used to be mostly a news agency idea. And I would, like, stare fucking admiringly at all the Batman comic books. <laughs> so she would just go, right, I'm buying you everything, read what you want. Just get into it, basically. And so, basically, the way I really became a like a true a true reader with a cap capital R is because of com- comic books. Like she used to cop, and it's a funny story. She used to cop a lot of crap from you know Batgate pet parents, soccer moms, and dads these days about the fact I used to read a lot of comics at school. Their kids used to see it as well and go, "Why the fuck is he reading comic books?" and you know, lots of sly eyes and shit like that. But my brother was did the same thing. He read lots of comic books as well. And one year he and I both topped 
stage English competitions. So suddenly all the parents are like, oh, maybe we should let our kids read comics. Maybe there is something. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so comics are the reason that I'm a reader today still. Well, that's, well that is awesome. And I, and I read somewhere that your career as a writer started when you wrote an award-winning newspaper article for your local um, paper. How old were you and what was it? Oh, shit. That's, that's a deep cut. Thank you. No, it's when I was 15, I did lots of work experience and, you know, I wanted to be a journalist when I was younger until I realized that being a journalist is a brutal and belligerent game, uh, more so than <laughs> comic books. So I wrote a feature article on racism in the area when I was quite a lot young, younger and it won an award from some sort of state educators award for excellence. And so, you, you know, that's that was my first taste of being a published writer. Then I just, you know, when I got to university, I was like, no, that is a terrible idea. This is awful. And I <laughs> went down a different path working for different organizations, basically. So as, now that you are a very successful writer, have you ever Sorry. looked back at that 15-year-old arc of the U.S. as a 15-year-old and, and examined it now? Like, how does it hold up? Can you see where you started from and where you are now and see that line go right, oh, right. Up, like, up that through line? No, first, let's put quotation marks around very successful there. We're, 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 we're like marginally not broke successful. <laughs> um, look, there is a key line insofar as like the through, through line, like, insofar as both were things I was passionate about. Like when I read the article when I was quite young, the reason I wanted to write was because I saw lots of issues in the area around certain ideas of racism basically and i wanted you know to tackle that and you know and i'm just as passionate but in a very different way like i'm not trying to compare um apples to oranges at all but i've always been very passionate about comic books and narrative and and, it's, and i think the only real thing that i can draw between the two or two of them is that just the gusto in which i like to approach the work well i'm, I'm gonna correct you on something yeah you, you said you're not a successful writer I would say there's a lot of us on this side of the um, computer or uh, <laughs> podcast that would right. kill to be where you are, including myself, who is very a small time comic book writer, would kill okay. to be where you are right now in the world of comic books right now. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't. I, yeah, that's now what I said sounds a bit rude, and I apologize. No um, worries. It's I, I guess it's the um, you know when you know, and I know lots of writers, like I know Tom Taylor and those guys. Like that, when you're as successful as that, there's always. You know, it's not that you're aiming for like this, for like some sort of definitional idea of success, but I, I guess the thing is, there's still a lot more different stories which I would like to write, which I haven't um, had a chance to write yet. And I'm in my um, early 40s, so, you know, I'm really trying to push out quite a few sto sto stories which I'd like to get done, basically. So your, your comic career started in 2011 when you began running for began running torn for gestalt comic books how did yes. this big break occur first occur all right so gestalt is the biggest creator-owned company in australia like you know they're like what the vault are in the states basically but because we're a smaller population there the metrics are smaller the opportunities are smaller to get the comic books out because we're only a country of 20 million or so i had just finished writing torn and it had been almost completely drawn by uh, Joe James and also Nicholas Scott did the intro for me because Australia. And the publisher I was going to go through was was kaput. 
So a friend of mine, actually two people I know, Tom Taylor and Christian Reed in Australia, they both said that I should speak to Wolfgang Bilsmer, who was the head of Gestalt. So I went, yeah, sure, okay, it'll probably not work out. And he read Tom and said, yep, this is exactly what we're after. We would like to turn it into a graphic novel, basically. And from there, I did a few more pieces of work with them. Then I was lucky enough to transfer that across to doing the Demon Hell is Earth mini-series at DC. I've also done some other work for Australian publishers as well, including uh, a lot of work for a company called Fru, which does mostly the Phantom. You know Phantom Goes Two Walks? It's the biggest comic book in Australia. By it's, it's like Batman in Australia, basically. So I've done some work for them as well. And now I get to play on Nightwing, which is fucking amazing. I mean, I think it's really cool. Phantom did has broken into this country, mostly, yeah. I think, due to the movie that come out with Billy Zane in the 90s, uh, I think it was. So I think there's some familiarity there. And I think yeah. a lot of our American readers, and Americans tend to be very narcissistic and think if it's not in America, we don't really know about it. Right. And the fact that Gustav and Fru does do some really fantastic comic books, I think is amazing. And also um, that you did uh, Kid Phantom as well. And, yes. And so what do you, so what are Americans missing by not having access to these Australian comic books? I don't know. I think it's like when I read French comic books or European comic books, it's just a different point of view, basically. Like in America, it used to be, uh, it used to be that American comic books were definitely associated with superhero comic books, at least from my point of view. But that's, of course, has changed over the years now as well with companies like The Vault and Image as well, and also Boom and their creator online as well. I'm not sure, like, I don't want to say to anyone they're missing out because you like what you like, but... I guess the thing for me is just like a different cultural point of view, like especially the stuff from Gestalt as well, if you want, like not taken away from the fan because the fan is, you know, even, even though it is an American comic book, it's been very much adopted in Australia, you know, same way that we adopted the Bee Gees and other shit like that <laughs> because we are, we are a weird little place. But And the books are amazing there, but... And I will always champion, especially the Kid Phantom stuff I did with Paul Mason, who's a great fucking artist. I I think the thing they're missing is just a different point of view. And that just comes with different cultural norms. And I'm, I'm not saying we're not very similar to America, but we do have our own, I guess, you know, we were a convict settlement and, you know, it's a big harsh land and that features heav- heavily in most Australian stories as well. So... You know, maybe they would like to pick up something from us. I mean, it, it definitely sounds so. You would say that the major difference between American comic books and Australia is the perspective of being maybe almost more in the wilderness, and we are view things more as a ur- as an urban, let's say, concrete lands- landscape. Maybe, like I think it's. I think there are just sort of like I'm not disagreeing there. I just think there are certain cultural specifics with every country as well, which can't cut. Like you've seen Mad Max, right? Commercials, yes. We have a very antagonistic relationship with our land because we're 80% desert, basically. So (laughs) the character, so landscape as character has always been very much a part of stories in Australia as well. I think that's something. There's also a a fair, I don't know, a taciturn, almost belligerence to Australian culture, which I think, you know, comes across in a lot of our work as well. not saying that's a large part. There's so many... There are so many different voices in Australia and they all have a different take, but 
those are the cultural influences which I guess had an effect on me. Well, I, I think that the great thing is that when you came over and started um, writing for DC, the, right. the first time I communicated with you was I used to write articles for a combo convention called BorrowCon, and you were very nice uh-huh. enough to get to answer some. I think it was eight or nine questions for me about of the course. demon hell on earth, and that was and I really appreciate your response at the time, and I really loved that series. Demon, the demon series that you wrote, I think it was fantastic. I think you hit on and created a demon that we hadn't seen in a long time with the character. Yeah. And I guess my only real question on that, going back, looking back now, is: Is there any chance that you're going to return to writing more of the demon? Oh, I fucking love to, mate. It, it's the demon, the demons. Like you know, let's put a possibly D on the end there. <laughs> <laughs> the demon is in my top five DC characters of all time. Like I've got Batman, I've got Nightwing, I've got Constantine or Teen, depending who, who's pronouncing it. And I've got the demon as well. I think that's four. So I think the fifth is, oh, Swamp Thing is course. Fucking Swamp Thing. Um, <laughs> always Swamp Thing until the end, end of time. Like I, I, <laughs> Swamp Thing is an amazing character and, you know, anything which more wrote, I would like, you know, jump on. So two of my favorite, yeah. So yeah, look, interesting you bring up the demon there because, you know, we're just talking about, you, you know, how I was influenced. Well, I was, I'm sorry, Andrew and Andrew there. I was just talking about how I was influenced by our difficult landscape there. And I think in the Demon Hellers Earth run, like landscape plays a large part in the story, like about a mutated landscape, uh, a very belligerent antagonistic landscape as well. And I think that's directly lifted from, you know, like ever since we started our narratives, like, you, you know, even our cultural narrative as well, it's always about how we're fighting against this vast, hot, like a difficult place basically and i think i you know transported and adopted that and put that into the demon hell earth story there i think you did a brilliant job with it and i also think that's kind of interesting so you you really seem to have a connection with the magical side of the dc universe because you mentioned swamp thing you mentioned in constant you mentioned the demon i mean writing something like shadow pact or justice league dark probably would have been right up your alley yeah, but you know, I don't like you've got James and Ram V doing fucking amazing work in that world right now. And there's no way I'd ever want to, you know, I couldn't. <laughs> Ram V is fucking amazing. I read the, and so is James, but I read the Savage Shores this, this year, this year. And I, you know, someone put in my hands and said, yeah, you like weird stuff. You should read this. I was like, sure. And I really went, well, you know, he's going to be huge and successful, basically. And, you know, he is. But, yeah, I don't – there is so much good, meaty, weird material in the DDCU. I would love to do any and all that base, basically, as long as, long as James and Ram <laughs> they, uh, really still have their, like, their huge paws on it, basically. Yeah, I mean, as far as comic books go, I mean, I know – I mean, I love what Marvel does, but yep. I'm really a DC guy at heart. I love DC. I've been more or less buying – majority of my collection has been DC comic books for decades now and yeah. i really do like the, the scope of their playground and the fact that even though they do focus a lot on the you know superman the trinity batman that kind of stuff the fact yeah. that you do get those extra voices like the demon yeah. is it, it, it feels like such an essential part of their company is these more you know outside kind of odd unique type characters yeah look i think that's what i was being drawn to as well like i came up reading comic books like i remember i was very very, very young i came up and you know, I was hooked on Mo- Grant Morrison, like most men my age, who read DC. And, yeah, I just think DC really has a place for the weird and always has. Like, you know, it's, it's they, they've never shied away from 
you know, a multiplicity in regards to what type of heroes they're willing to advocate and champion his books. So going back from de- from um, the demon, you're actually yes. entering more now into, I guess, I want to say the wrong word wouldn't would be um, the main DCU, but you're now entering going from the magic side of things. You're now going yes. to the very street level, more, you know, the bad family, which is, you know, the main group with the, your new Nightwing book. So how yeah. did you go from the demon now to writing Future State Nightwing? Uh, Nightwing's actually the first superhero I ever wrote. It was when I was just starting to teach myself how to write comic books. The first thing I ever wrote was a practice 12-page Nightwing script. Oh, wow. So, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, so it's kind of full circle for me, really. Like starting out on Nightwing and finally getting get, get a chance to write what is one of my favorite DC characters of all time in an event as well. It's, you know, it's kind of fucking incredible in that sense. <laughs> like, you know, you, you really, I've been quite lucky so far is that I've got a chance to touch on all the heroes at DC who I really, really love, like, like Etrigan, Swamp Thing, and now Nightwing as well. I also got a chance to do a short one woman story there, but you know, it's, it's, which was great, but, you know, get a chance to do, you know, three of my five favourite characters, not that one should have favourites, they're all beautiful children, is pretty is pretty bloody amazing. I mean, that's fantastic that it came full circle. You went from kind of fan fiction Nightwing to now you're literally writing Nightwing. And yeah. I and, and, and I think that's a, it's a great story. I mean, for my students who yeah. are at this, their stage in their writing careers because they're in high school, kind of just finding their voice and just kind of, messing around with, you know, in, in many ways, fan fiction as well, that yeah. there really is a line where you start with that fan fiction and eventually you do grow to the point where you can create your own voice of your own characters. And in your case, you literally can't get to write that character. That's, 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 you know, that's a hell of a lesson for uh, kids to learn about writing. Yeah, it's quite funny how it starts off. I think we all start off mimicking what we love. Like, you know, whether it be a character or a writing style, we all start off going oh, that's something I like, or even better, oh, that's something I can do. And that's, and you know, that's all, all we, you know, and all we just bite off more we can chew, which is also great. But we all start <laughs> off at a point where we're emulating what we see until we go, no, no, I think, well, or, you know, you're never really prepared, but we all go, we're at a place now where we can take a risk and do something in our own voice instead. So, so what, for our listeners, what would be what would be your pitch for Future State Nightwing to get them excited about the two issue? It's two issues, right? Yeah. For your two issue run on Nightwing. How would I pitch it? It's Nightwing and his back's against the wall. He's having a really fucking hard time in this future state. They're basically the people in charge are hunting him down. And he's had to hide out. His base is at Arkham Asylum, really. See, I don't really know how much I can say, so I'm kind of have to be a bit quirky about. It. Like, I can say what's been said before. Basically, if if you love Nightwing and you want to see him have a challenge again, if you want to see him like really have to be the best Nightwing he can 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 be, while at the same time, like you know, he's leading a group, a resistance group. He's He's also meeting a new Batman as well, which, you know, doesn't go extremely well at all because, you know, this new Batman's trying to be in Bruce's shoes and we all know that Dick is very 
you know, protective is the wrong word, but, you know, he knows who his Batman is. So he's got this pretender who's trying to perhaps form some sort of, like, you know, just try and ingratiate himself. And also that he's got the entire police force of Gotham coming down on him as well. So, you know, this is a very much a Nightwing when he's back against the wall. And when Nightwing's back against the wall, we actually see the very best of him. So in, so what I'm trying to do in this two issue, and it goes, this story goes from start to end. There is not, a, I hope at least, I very much hope at least, <laughs> there's not a wasted page. Like we get to see who he is, what he can do, and then we put him in perhaps the worst scenario possible for a leader of the resistance as well. And basically it's up to him to try and get his way out and also win a victory for the resistance as well. So, you know, this, I think this could be one of Nightwing's biggest challenges ever. So in the, in the idea of the, of the future state, it sounds mm. to me that that state is being used in two different ways. State as in where he yeah. is now in the universe, in the future, and also yeah. the magistrate as literally being the state and that being their future. Am I getting the, 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 the term correctly that state has been used in both definitions i believe you're correct i believe it's a very agile word as it's been agile term has been used yeah i think so i think it's basically both the future the state of the future and also the magistrate has established a military state as well so you know all the heroes in the future as well are having a really tough time because this is not like a miniature police force basically this is a really fucking hardcore we have the tanks we have the guns we will take you out for no reason at all and we see evidence of that in my story as well these guys are no joke they will come for you and they will take you by the throat so so in to understand your future state nightwing storyline mm-hmm. do readers have to be familiar with dan jurgens's nightwing uh, run at the moment no look they're they're very separate things insofar as this is based around a character there, there's a there's also a time gap as well so it's basically a very i won't say back to basics nightwing that's not what i mean but it's very much a core nightwing there, there there's no current store story framing him at all it's basically this is a night nightwing both new readers and old readers alike which is a bit of a glib term but i like to think that's what it does <laughs> <laughs> so when in writing the future state did did you find yourself imagining the story before your story and thought to yourself how can i imagine what could have happened or or you know what i'm saying or there was there story points that you know are not going to show up in your story mm-hmm. but in your head you kind of made up and you know thought mm, let's me pretend this happened yeah look um i'm more of a writer that's always concerned about what's in front like you know i think about what may happen out there but it's more about what's directly in front in front of me, basically. And from there, you can always grow different stories as well. But I'm very much about a case is what's happening now, what's happening in this story now, what's the scenario he's in. And, of course, there's background, which you're aware of, but I'm not trying to branch out story from that. Like, I would love to – like, I loved writing Nightwing, basically. It was such a fun thing. If they ever want me to write more Nightwing, like, come over here. I'm your Huckleberry. But, yeah, it's very hard especially when you're writing a part of the event to think beyond the event because you want it to be you want everyone to be involved in this story as much as what you are so I was predominantly focused on the two issues themselves so the other interesting thing about Nightwing is that and I'm sure our readers our listeners I mean are going to be curious about Nightwing is normally now based in Bloodhaven is, is there gonna be any yeah. dis- um, mention of why he 
abandoned Bloodhaven for Gotham? No, look, I'm taking that as red. Like, clearly in this story as well, Gotham's in the shit. Like, you know, there's this massive police force which is attacking or, you you know, really going after costume heroes, basically, or is there term the most during mass. And I think Nightwing, in my mind at least, ah, this is the backstory stuff, he has to come to the fore, to the front, and really, you know, lead the effort against what is an attack on the heroes of uh, Gotham City, basically. The other thing I read in your solicits was that other, not only will he um, Nightmare be teamed up with the new Batman, but he's right. also going to join forces with Two Face. And <laughs> if, if any of our longtime re, uh, listeners of re, and longtime readers of DC yeah. know that Two Face has been a hero in the past. He was a hero in the 70s on the, with the Justice League mm-hmm. for a few issues. He's been a hero pr- prior to Batman Hush. Yeah. So, are there going to be references to other moments of heroism from Two Face? Other hero. Ism from Two Face is what what you mean, or other? Is there gonna be references to the prior time that Two Face has been? Yeah, um, not particularly. Like we've got two issues here, so it's really, and I wanted to really focus on the core story as well. I, you know, really have a, a story which moves forward all the time. There's a real pace to it. There's a real, you know, it's like a train out of control down on some tracks and going down a hill and picking up speed. You don't. You have to focus on that. So. While Two-Face is in the story there, we really don't have much space to go into more of the background around why he's there. Okay, and as far as the mentor, the new Batman, first off, is he a character that we already have met before? Without giving away too much, can you say this is someone who's been introduced in the old storyline, prior storylines, or this is going to be someone totally new? And does the readers have to read the other Bat Family Future State books to understand that portion of it? I think this is one of those questions where I roll out the great phrase, you'll have to read it and find out. <laughs> you know, that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with teasing our audience. I mean, that's how that's how you get them to buy the books, right? Yeah. yeah. Does, is Nightwing, I mean, Nightwing was previously Batman. Is he not at least a little pissed off that he's not the, wearing the cowl? No, I think in my mind... No, I, 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 I always thought Nightwing wore the cowl more of as a sense of responsibility than any desire. Like, I always felt like Dick became his own person when he became Night, Night, Nightwing and chose a, a path parallel to Bat, Batman insofar they're both he, he, heroes of their own making and doing what they need to do. Nightwing, of course, is a little bit more, you know, friendlier about it but yeah i i don't see him i don't see him ever coveting the cow i think he sees it i think he sees it as a mantle of responsibility and that's all well i mean your your story your two issue storyline sounds fantastic i know that nightwing is also he's basically hiding out in the old Arkham Asylum. At, well, at least in the storyline, it's the old Arkham Asylum. Obviously, yes. it's the regular Arkham Asylum for the readers of the present day. So yes. it's in this abandoned, but is there going to be any other inmates that may pop up? No. There's, is there? I don't think so. I'll have to go back and check. But in my mind, it's very much, you know, it's a place that was. And it's, you know, it's a bit metaphorically haunted as well. So... I wouldn't say there's heroes, there's any bad guys turn, turning up, but, you know, there's there's a sense of what's gone on before in there. 
And the other thing I think some readers may be curious about is, so you had the character of, of the villain, the magistrate, who's kind of taken over a totalitarian control over Gotham, okay? Yeah. Does that mean that the heroes that are around now, like Bat, Bruce Wayne, Clark, um, some of the other characters, did they screw up and let to let this guy empower? Is there some w- way that's explained on how did things go so wrong that a villain literally took full control? I believe <laughs> that's also I believe the the issues cover that, which which I'm not doing. Right, so, no <laughs> so once again, read and find out, which is a terrible tag tagline. Let's just run with that. <laughs> no, but it's good though. I mean, it, it, the first issue comes out in the end January? of December, January. And what do we have a January uh, street date? I'm so fucking shit that I don't have one in front of me. But <laughs> <laughs> but January, definitely January. Let me just yeah. I'm thinking January there, but yeah. And the second issue of February, obviously, uh, back to back. The other cool thing about the, the your storyline is that you have a phenomenal artist who's working on it named Nicola Scott. Yeah, she she does a uh, black magic, correct? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. She's she's a fucking superhero down here, basically. And yeah, and, and but you've known her previously, as we mentioned, you worked with her on Torn, didn't you? Yep, she did my story, my eight issue, my eight page uh, thing at the front. Yeah, look, she's basically the queen of Night Nightwing. There, she's. I do you remember her Gal Simone run? I, I know Gal Simone. I don't. I didn't know they worked on something together. Yeah, look, they did a whole Secret Six story arc together, together, together there, and it was there where Nicola did this great image and basically highlighted how amazing Night Nightwing's figure, perhaps highlighting his bottom is. So ever since then, she's kind of been the queen of Nightwing, basically, and and also her posters as well, which were seen all over the in, in, internet, which looked extraordinary. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. Her art looks absolutely amazing there. Yeah, and, you, I mean, you guys last worked, worked with each other nine years ago. So when you first... Yeah got back together and reunited, did you guys compare notes and look at the where you guys have come from nine years ago to where you guys are now and be like, holy shit, you know, both <laughs> of us, we, we look at where we are now, you know? No, kind of like, no, well, you know, she, well, it's hard not to notice her career. It's so fucking huge, basically. Well, I mean, she, she's a, a fantastic artist. I can just imagine just how yeah. good her work's going to look in, in the internal pages of Nightwing. Well, yeah, it's when you guys see it, you go in and flip, flip your shit. So, it's really fucking good. Yeah, when you when you were doing the writing for her, did mm. you? I mean, did you go panel by panel? Did you basically write like Marvel style? You wrote a, a synopsis, and she kind write, of went to town. I always have to write panel by pan, 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 panel, even if the artist choose to change it round, just because I'm not. I feel like unless I'm visualizing the story properly, there I'm leaving the artist a lot lot of work to do. So even if they like to have a look at things and change things things around, I always think it's more help, helpful to have a blueprint about what what I think the story should be. So I've always I've only written like Marvel style perhaps three times in my life. I always feel like I'm always so concerned that I put too much on the page or not enough or I haven't paced it out correct, correctly there. So yeah, if if at all possible, I always write uh, full script. So. Does your two-issue series continue into any ongoing Nightwings? Let's say, I guess now would be March. Sorry, sorry there. Does does your two-issue uh, run of Nightwing Future State does this lead into an ongoing Nightwing in March? Oh God, I would love that, but no, 
No, I'm, I'm lucky enough to, I'm very happy to write the uh, two issues there, but basically. So, because I don't know, because obviously Solicitors for March hasn't come out yet. So right. after your two-issue run, does it go back to Dan Jurgens' Nightwing run, or does it, does it end completely for Nightwing? Do we do, do, you, do you happen to know or be no. discussed on what happens next? No, unfortunately not. Like, I know whoever takes over will do a fantastic job, but I'm not sure about where it's going at this point. Like, I, I'm, I've been so fo- focused on getting the future state stuff right that I really haven't been looking too hard at anything else. Well, what do you have next? With, do you have any projects coming up with DC that you can discuss, mention, hint at? No, look, no nothing right now that's currently talkable. In the way that, like, I only talk about things once they've been solicited, basically, especially with big two work, as it were. I've got some other stuff coming up in Australia soon. I've got a noir story I'm doing. I'm doing something with Douglas Holgate as well, who's the, sorry, they're the, as for the last Kids on Earth books, you know, those books, the Y books, Last Kids on Earth. I'm actually, um, I'm not, I'm not over, um, I'm, as, as most yeah. Americans, I'm not familiar with anything outside the United States, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> No, they're pretty big books, and they've got a, a TV show on Netflix as well. I'm doing a Western with him. I'm also doing a little bit more Phantom work as well. I'm doing something with Kid Phantom with Paul Mate, Mate, Mate Mason. So, And I've got some other non-comic book writing projects as well, but nothing immediate which can be announced right now, unfortunately, which is always a bummer on a show like this because I'd love to, like, <laughs> like, and we also have this. But no, that's not where I'm at, unfortunately. Well, when you when they do come out, you do have to come back on the show and then say, "This is what I've got," and I definitely want to talk about that. I will cast Els the shit out of that one. <laughs> so, for our American audiences, how do we get a hold of the Australian comic books? I mean, I know I can get them digitally yeah. from Comicsology, but how do I get a hard copies of these books? They all fucking sold out because we had a print run uh, for Australia and overseas. I did a little bit better than expected there. And so they've all basically gone off the shelf. One of the books we did do, well, I say we because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a socialist. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, and uh, one of the books I did for, no, I did, but was done for Gestalt was a book by Tom Taylor called The Deep. And you can actually still get that at Boom in the States. But it's also available on the Gestalt website. And all books, there might still be a few copies available on the Gestalt Comics website. Just look up, just Google search Gestalt Comics Australia, and it's the first thing that pops up, basically. All right. All right. That's fantastic. So Future State, Nightwing, first issue January, second issue in February. Thank you very much, Mr. Constant, for talking with me. You are fantastic. Thank you, sir. You were great yourself. Thank you so much. That was fun, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to to reading more of the future state stuff or reading any of it. I, I, you know, none of it's out yet, but uh, well, they've dropped some stuff, I guess. But I'm looking forward to reading future state. I'm looking forward to reading Nightwing future state. Uh, Andrew did a, a demon series for DC Comics, and Demon's one of my favorite. You know, Etched in the Demon is one of my favorite characters. I love that guy. I'd love to see them do a movie about him. I don't know how well it'd be played off, but given the fact that you'd be able to do Hellboy. And I think Escher and the Demon could be done really well. There's nothing alike besides the fact they both have horns, but I think it would be awesome. But yeah, Andrew, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate that. And you out there listening, if you like that, you know where I'm going to go here. I'm going to tell you to go to your podcatcher first. Ooh, gotcha. I've already thought it was the website. No. Go to your podcatcher, pull up Spoiler Country, subscribe, 
go grab your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend's phone, pull up their podcatcher, and subscribe us on there too, because you know, you gotta share and share alike. <clears throat> we go to spoilerverse.com. Check out all of our cool, all of our awesome stuff we have there. And uh, all of our back issues, all of our other other interviews with more awesome creators like Andrew we have up there. And all of our other shows we have up there. We have so many other shows and articles and reviews and previews. So much cool stuff for you to check out at Swellverse.com that you really need to go and make sure that you do that. And go to the store, pick up a t-shirt or a hoodie or a face mask, something, anything from the store. Because every dollar you spend there, every penny you spend there, we get a little piece of that. And that goes back into keeping this going. Because keeping the website going, keeping all the podcast stuff going that costs money and if you want to help out you can do that through that store link we also have a patreon we have links in the store in, in below you can go ahead and join that um that'd be fun too and if you want to interact with us you know, we have the twitters we have the facebooks we have and we have we have a we have snap not a snapchat no 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 we have a tiktok now which is pretty fun uh but go to scpod.us slash discord join our public discord server come have some fun come have some fun with us we like to chat on there all the time we have some cool cool threads for you so Let's go ahead. Can you tell that I'm tired? It's been a busy day. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But go ahead and join that and have awesome. Now, just want to say that if you want something fun this month, and I've been saying a couple days in a row, but we're doing a, a beer a day thing over on Happy's Adventures. We talked about some fun stuff today. Today, we went mudding in our Jeep for our son's birthday. It was a lot of fun. We took our Jeep out um, up north, went in the snow, went in the mud, got stuck, up, got stuck a few times, uh, had to get pulled out of the mud, which was pretty fun. But, man, whoever knew that, it was, it was yeah, I don't know. I know. This is my first time. I did it before. It was awesome. I loved it. We're gonna go again next week. So, anyways, that's our show, guys. And uh, I'm gonna have you do all that stuff I said before. I'm gonna have you one more thing, and that is let you know that in an ocean's a podcast, we are the doom. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and read more. <laughs> <laughs>